Getting a good night's sleep can be much easier said than done, but don't worry because our good friends at CBDMD have exactly what you need to help you unwind and to sleep harder than all-star voters slept on Bama to Bio. Sleep PM bath salts fuse superior CBD and melatonin with a mixture of Epsom, Depth C, and Himalayan salts to turn any bathtub into a luxury spa experience and give you the relaxation you desperately deserve. And to make it even easier to relax, regroup, and recharge, they're offering all of our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. You are locked on heat. Your daily Miami heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. I'm David Romillo, credentialed reporter and the host of Locked On Heat, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Please make sure to subscribe to the show if you haven't already, wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episodes. The Heat were taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers on Tuesday, and they got some good news. Bam Adebayo returned to the lineup after missing the last four straight games, all of which Miami happened to win. The Cavs were... Yet in another rebuilding year, they're without Kevin Love, but they were feisty all night. If you listen to my preview with Locked on Cavs, you know they have some potential. They've got some young talent there. They're looking to get some semblance of consistency and an identity to build off of. You know, it's they're not a great team, but they can challenge teams. They were pretty good to start the year, and unfortunately things tapered off for them, but Miami took advantage they started running their offense through Bam. They got a quick lead early on, and Cleveland head coach J.B. Bickerstaff called a timeout with his team down five points early on. So that was a little unexpected, but it worked because they rattled off nine straight points from that. And, of course, Miami would respond. They would wind up building a 12-point lead at the end of the first half, but it was kind of a game of runs, really. Miami would pick up seven or eight straight points, then let the Cavs get going. It felt like Bickerstaff was doing a really good job of matching Spo move for move to help them stay afloat. When Miami ran their zone and used a smaller lineup on the floor with Andre Iguodala at center or Goran Dragic and Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson, you know, one of the guards that can be exposed defensively, JaVale McGee came in and found some easy looks at the rim. He finished with 16 points in just 21 minutes. They were not able to close out on three-point shooters as well as they normally would. The rotations were a split second late, and then all of a sudden you had an easy look at the rim for Jared Allen or JaVale McGee or even Larry Nance. Miami would answer with a shot from Kelly Olenek or Duncan Robinson, who was pretty good. Even Duncan Robinson, he seemed to get it. I'm sorry, Kendrick Nunn, he seemed to get it going uh, as well. And, and then Jimmy would just ignite the defense. Miami stretched their lead. At one point, it was as much as 22 points. In the fourth quarter, Butler was sitting out, and it looked like the Heat would coast to a victory but then Cleveland crept back into it, and Jimmy had to come back in to help close the game. Uh, unfortunately, in the few minutes he did play towards the end of the game, he seemed to hyperextend his right elbow, diving for a loose ball. Then he twisted his left ankle while driving to the hoop. So there's a good chance he'll sit out Wednesday night's game versus Memphis, but that's that's just Jimmy for you. I mean, constant effort, doing what's necessary, getting you a win. This time a 113-98 beating over the Cavs for their fifth straight their 11th win over the last 12th game, and their 15th win out of the last 19. This is a legitimately good team, as I've been telling you. Jimmy was great. MVP numbers yet again. 28 points, 12 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals. And Bam was typically solid. He was a little rusty to start off. Tried to go with that jumper, which was good. 
but wasn't able to knock it down as well as he we probably would like. He still was able to initiate offense, making sharp passes, setting screens, playing great defense. That's Bam Adebayo. You know, there were two weeks that he had missed there, so he was going to be rusty. But to me, looking back at this game, there's two sides of it. The bad side, and unfortunately there is a bad side, is that Jimmy had to come back into the first place. The Cavs, again, feisty. They're not great. They were shooting terribly. Miami's defense was really solid along the perimeter for the most part. They held Cleveland to just 28% shooting on 35 attempts, but it was in the paint where they'd been so good during this winning stretch that they were picked apart. When Miami ran their zone to challenge three-point shooters, it worked, and then McGee, Allen, Nance would make a quick cut to the basket, find open space, and there was no rim-protecting big. And Jimmy was able to sit out in the fourth. It would have been a nice luxury. Instead, maybe he's hurt, and maybe he has to miss at least one game because Miami's offense went cold in the fourth quarter. The team lacks another closer other than Butler, and maybe that's something that Goran could do, but he seems to have... I don't know, used up whatever energy he had left for that masterful fourth quarter against the Chicago Bulls over the weekend. Just, I'm not sure who to count on from that point. Tyler wasn't shooting well. He was able to get to the line seven times to at least provide a boost offensively, but, you know, defensively, he's not great. And Bam Adebayo still kind of feeling his way back into it. Probably couldn't be that closer for you, too. So you're depending a lot on Jimmy Butler to do something great every time. And that's a little unfortunate because in this case, it was against a bad team and he may or may not have gotten hurt. And again, I'm not reporting anything. I just saw what happened late in the fourth quarter when he was diving for the ball and then he started talking to trainers as they called the timeout and he was rubbing his elbow. Stuck with it because that's just Jimmy Butler. Then a couple drives later on, wound up twisting his left ankle. Not the right one that I think has been giving him as much problem, although at this point it could probably be either ankle. So there's a concern there. We'll see what happens. If they miss a game of action from Jimmy, it hurts his MVP chances, and Miami certainly could look a little weak without somebody like Butler to guard you know, John Morant or somebody else on Memphis's lineup. But on the plus side, it's another win. And you get a solid outing from Bam, despite the rust. Duncan Robinson shot well. Kendrick got it going. Even Tyler found a way to contribute without his shot falling. It's a win you have to have. And say what you will about Miami's strength of schedule, but none of that matters if you don't beat up the teams you should. In the past, Miami's blown games like this against the Magic and Sacramento, New York. Miami's beaten all those teams and more in this stretch, and that's what counts. So it's a good win for Miami. It's a positive you're continuing to build good habits. You're relying on your strength. Avery Bradley was upgraded to doubtful, I think, and I, it seems like he's he was ruled out for the game, but I think he's inching his way closer to a return. He's been linked in trade rumors, something I did not expect. There are other trade rumors that I'll get into later on. Uh, Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer reporting that an Oklahoma City Thunder player might be up for grabs and Miami might be there to swoop him up. I'll talk about that a little bit more in an ongoing situation at the power forward position. I'll break it all down next on the number one Miami Heat podcast for the latest news, rumors, and more. If you haven't used a locker room app, it's time to get on there. It's live audio only sports talk platform. It's free to download and use. You can talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and you can share your own experiences on the app. Again, it's a free audio-only social media platform for sports fans. Start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to biggest news, and all you need to do is download the Locker Room app free in the iOS App Store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join this heat group. Follow me to be notified when my room goes live, and we'll be going live on Locker Room sometime next week. 
Come with your spiciest take and get on Locker Room as soon as you can. This episode is brought to you by Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom. It's a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra or Cialis, but in a chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets combat all forms of erectile dysfunction and can help men gain extra confidence when it's time to perform. But Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. You sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. If you don't like swallowing pills, no problems here. Blue Chew's Sildenafil and Tadalafil tablets are chewable. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA, and they prepare and ship directly, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Just pay $5. That's BlueChew.com, promo code LOCKEDON, to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. Covering everything you need to know about the Heat, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Lockdown Podcast Network has you covered there as well. With Lockdown Today, it's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Follow the Lockdown Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. I wanted to talk a little bit more about my concerns regarding the Heat. Because I touched on it in context of Jimmy having to come back into the game late in the fourth quarter when they probably should have been able to seal the victory a little bit more quickly. And my feeling is that when you look at this team and what they've been able to accomplish over the last 19 games, when Jimmy returns, when Jimmy plays at the MVP level, despite all the injury, despite some of the issues with some of their key players like Goran Dragic, like Tyler struggling with his shot, even Avery Bradley missing a significant amount of time. It's that, you know, we don't know exactly what this team can be if they're ever going to be at full health. They were counting on Mo Harkless taking a major step and becoming a productive player. They haven't gotten it. They have been getting some production from Casey Opala, which I'll talk about a little bit later in this segment. But overall, I just get the sense that Miami is very good and also playing above their weight class a bit. I don't know how sustainable it is. Like The playoffs were such an aberration. They got a boost from Jay Crowder and even from Andre Iguodala. They got some incredible performances from key players like Bam, like Goran. And if they're able to duplicate some of that magic somehow, as long as you've got Jimmy Butler on your roster, you're going to be fine. It's just this process in between. This is going to be a longer regular season than last just because you're not going to have that hiatus. It's going to be a very different system. And then you're going to be relying on players who have been playing more minutes during this weird compressed 72-game schedule and then asking them to perform better than they have over that 72-game stretch during the playoffs. It doesn't feel quite sustainable. At least that's my big concern is that you're kind of walking a very delicate balance. And I hate to feel like the negative person, especially after they've been winning. I can't deny that they've been great. They have looked really good defensively, getting just enough offense from key players. They've gotten guys like Kelly to take a major 
leap in in their overall development. Maybe it's not sustainable from him either, but at least he looks like a really solid contributor. He's moving well. He looks agile. His shot is falling. Look, he he didn't shoot well from three-point range today, but he's still making good cuts. He seems to have like a really good understanding for how to play alongside Jimmy after Jimmy was not in the lineup for so long. And maybe that's concurrent with when Kelly was playing his worst. So that makes absolute sense is that without a guy like Jimmy Butler, everybody else takes a step back. And perhaps that's the problem, right? That you're relying so much on Jimmy Butler. This is why you engage in trade talks with Houston for a superstar like James Harden to alleviate some of that load. And maybe Jimmy would have it no other way because he is as competitive as he is. He is as good as he is. He wants to carry this team through sheer will and determination alone. But it's also not sustainable and it's not enough to knock off teams like the Nets. Could it happen? Absolutely. Look, no team is ever unbeatable. Not even the 1996 Bulls or even the 2016-17 Golden State Warriors. Something can always happen. There's always an injury potential that can take a team out. Miami was able to play cohesively, magically well in the Orlando bubble. They could absolutely duplicate that process. At least that's my feeling on the subject. But you're also asking a lot from all their players and then especially these older players like Goran, like Iwadala, and I don't know whether or not they're going to be able to step up. It's why a move feels like it has to happen. Maybe this is nothing new. I think it's been pretty well reported that Miami's interested in half the league. I don't know how realistic a lot of those reports are or how accurate they are. I don't think it's going to happen in San Antonio. Maybe LaMarcus Aldridge gets bought out and then he joins the team as another veteran presence. Maybe he can bolster some of Miami's offensive issues. Defensively, he's going to be a problem. Although I can expect that Eric Spolster will once again find a way to get more out of him. But that doesn't solve everything. It's going to be very, very difficult to see how Miami can coalesce. Not not make a, a joke at Ira Winterman's expense. But they are playing very well and cohesively together. But there needs to be another step in order for them to look legitimately dominant. They've been really good. They play really, really well together, and Jimmy is absolutely an MVP. He makes everything on this team and everyone on this team better. But I just worry sometimes about its sustainability. That's my big concern is watching this team and wondering when is the next shoe going to drop because it does feel like it's going to. And right now you're counting on guys like KZ Okpala to step up, and I did want to talk about that because that's – that's the situation worth monitoring for me is that Eric Spolstra, yet again, midway through the first quarter, brings in Goran Dragic and Casey Opala together off the bench. Opala played the whole game. Precious Achua, a DNP coach's decision. So Achua is clearly in the doghouse right now. I don't know what happened behind the scenes. I'm not sure what's going on. I'm not sure if he's being saved for a potential trade. He's just not getting the playing time. He hasn't been getting it lately. Okpala, conversely, pretty solid, plus 14 in about 24 minutes of play. Five points. Looked confident. One of three from three-point range. Had five rebounds. Looked really active. He's a He is better, potentially, than Precious Achua. Like, you look at the two players and the way that Achua is just like this bowling ball 
of activity around the rim. He's so active, always gets that second hop for a rebound. Seems like he's always just a split second when he's able to pull down that rebound over somebody else. Not because of sheer athleticism or anything else. Like just he has a quicker first second hop. Kind of not really in terms of overall explosiveness, but kind of like Zion Williamson in that sense where he gets that second hop so much more quickly than anybody else that everybody's kind of cemented to the floor. In the meantime, Williamson has gotten a putback over their heads. So I kind of get that sense from Precious Achua as well. He has a little bit more polish in terms of uh, the mid-range game and maybe a little bit more around the rim than Okpala does. But Okpala can do more from the perimeter. He can put the ball down and create his own shot, something I don't feel comfortable with Achua doing. So defensively, I think Okpala might be a little bit better in terms of his versatility and switchability. And he uses that length very well as far as altering shots or maybe even blocking a shot at the rim. So I think that this is going to be the norm moving forward. Of course, if there's a trade and Achua leaves or Okpala leaves, then we'll get much more clarification on this situation. But for now, it just seems like Okpala is probably going to continue to get the bulk of the minutes in the rotation moving forward. Andre Iguodala isn't going anywhere. He only played nine minutes tonight, but wound up having eight points, had that corner three-point shot going well. You want to save him a little bit because, again, on the second night of a back-to-back against his former team, the Memphis Grizzlies, he's going to want to prove something. So I imagine he'll probably play on Wednesday night. And, again, you're relying a lot on him. Chris Silva didn't play. Precious Achua didn't play. I suppose... Playing a dangerous game here with you know just going to certain guys and, and taking a risk to alienate Achua. It could work, and maybe this is all part of his strategy of motivating guys. I'll bench you for a couple games. You want to keep putting up those big numbers. You want to be part of the, the rookies that get the consideration that you feel you deserve. Well, you're going to have to earn it. And maybe he hasn't done it behind the scenes. You know so much of what Spo does is always looking at what a player does in practice and how they step up in certain situations. If they give their all, if they put in the work behind the scenes. If you had a nickel for every time he'd say that, well, you'd probably have a couple of bucks anyway. But still, right now, Achua has to find a way to crack that lineup and do something to get his situation squared away there. Because right now, he's losing whatever momentum he built in the first half of the season. But there's another player that could make this situation a lot more complicated or clear, depending on how you look at it. Trevor Ariza, the longtime veteran, reportedly on Miami's radar. I'll talk about his impact, the situation, the pros and cons of what comes from making a trade with for a true, uh, sorry, Ariza in the next segment. You're listening to Locked on Heat. We've been telling you all about Bilt Bar for a while now because it's the best-tasting protein bar in the market. It's an amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar that doesn't taste like a protein bar, 100% covered in chocolate on all their bars. But now is the time to find out which flavor of Bilt Bar is the best. It's Bilt Bar Madness. Today's matchup is a tough one. Coconut almond and peanut butter brownie. Yesterday's matchup with Bilt Brownie, I did not see it coming. They pulled off the upset. It happens. A lot of people like the mint brownie combination. I'm not a fan. My wife is. But either way, they moved on. But today's matchup, to me, I think is pretty clear once again. I like peanut butter brownie. I like that combination really well. And I think it's just a great tasting bar. I'm not a huge peanut butter guy per se. But something about the way it combines in the built Bar is fantastic. So great. Now, coconut almond, also really solid. 
and uh, a very good chance of upsetting the team here. So I, I don't know which way to go, but either way, you should go and vote right now. Go to BuiltBar.com or at Bar underscore Built on Twitter. And remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Remember, you can build your own box of all these great flavors if you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Make sure to check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar ever. If you want to bet on the best tasting protein bar ever, you can go to Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football's over, but the NBA, college basketball, the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards and TV shows, reality TV. You can bet on The Bachelor, uh, any game show or talk show or anything like that. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. They've got you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Make sure you use the promo code Locked On. market meets big market Wednesdays on the Locked On NBA podcast. Join Jake Madison of the Locked On Pelicans podcast, John Corrales of Locked On Celtics for a look at the NBA week from all the angles. Subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast today, wherever you get podcasts. They're not as good as the Tuesday hosts. There are a couple guys there who have been working together for a few years, namely me and Wes Goldberg. But anyway, you can check out all the great hosts that are unlocked on NBA. There's so many different voices that give a national perspective on all the different teams in the league, and it's always great to hear them. I also wanted to, before getting to the Trevor Ariza situation, I did not answer a mailbag question that came in after the last uh, game on Sunday night over the Orlando Magic. This one comes in from Jeff. He always sends in a lot of great questions, and I wanted to answer this one. Chris Silva is up to something like 8.9 personal fouls per 36 minutes after tonight. He led the league last year with 8.8 in a more meaningful sample. Why can't he quit fouling like Greg Oden in Summer League? I wish I had an answer for you. When I asked Chris about it, uh, writing a feature for him last season, he just he recognized that that's where he was headed, that he was going to have to overcome something that he did while at the University of South Carolina too, which is picking up foul trouble. And eventually the refs kind of just understood his activity, his playing style, and they recognized that was the norm for him. And as he kept getting more and more playing time, the whistle became a little bit lighter. He kind of figured out the nuances with more playing time, but his minutes are so sporadic, partly because of the foul troubles that he gets into. And so he it's kind of this terrible catch-22, this terrible cycle where he's on, where if he gets more playing time, he'd probably foul less, but he fouls so much he can't get playing time. He's just so active. Players are looking to sell contact. It's an easy way of getting a turnover or getting to the line for easy points. So they're going to keep exposing Silva on occasion. I just don't know that he can play any other way. And we all kind of overlooked the fact that he's only been playing organized basketball for I don't know, eight, eight, nine years. Like, yeah, he played in high school for a couple of seasons. He came in as a sophomore, you know, technically. And before that, he was just, his dad played professional basketball. 
he never really played organized basketball in Gabon. There wasn't really a lot of organized basketball to be played there. He played as much as he possibly could, but it was mostly a club setting, nothing like AAU or the kind of experience that a lot of American basketball players. It's not like Luka Doncic either, where you play professionally at 12 or 13 in Europe. This is the exact opposite of that. There's no quite system. There's no system quite in place. It's pretty loose. You get school credit for performing at a club or playing with a club, and it's not against great competition, and certainly not in Gabon. So he's still rusty. He's going to have to figure it out. Hopefully he gets that opportunity in Miami. I, I still like his fit here. I love his energy. Maybe there's not much versatility in this game, and I know it gets frustrating for a lot of Heat fans because he's so active, but I I always watch him from the flip side of that, which is his level of activity is, is, is great. I, I just like seeing him playing hard and giving effort. I think I tend to gravitate to those types of players personally, and, and certainly he fits the bill. Just you'd like a little bit of that edge taken off. You'd like him to play with a little bit more control. We just haven't seen it, and I don't know that we will anytime soon, but hopefully he'll get a chance down the road. But for now, it's all about Trevor Reza. That's what everybody's worried about, thinking about, concerned with. Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer reporting that Trevor Reza currently on the Oklahoma City Thunder roster, is linked to Miami in a trade. The Thunder are looking for a second rounder. Miami and Oklahoma City and their GM, Sam Presti, clearly they've worked together in the past. We have images of Spo, I think it's Summer League, uh, sitting alongside Pat Riley and Sam Presti and his team. And There's been a connection there before. I feel like it's a great matchup um, as far as the two GMs are concerned. They both have an opportunity to get what they want. Now, there's a bigger angle on Trevor Reese as far as what he can do. He played last for the Portland Trailblazers once the hiatus took place. He had been acquired by, from the Sacramento Kings mid-last season, played 21 games for the Blazers, looked really solid defensively, chipping in. He's a versatile big. He's a guy who kind of played in there alongside. Uh, I think he was sharing the floor with Carmelo Anthony when that experiment was first developing, and uh, they were able to help Portland's chances. Ariza did not play in the Orlando bubble, so he has not played in a significant amount of time. Similarly to what went on last season with Andre Iguodala when he refused to report to the Memphis Grizzlies, for Ariza, it's been a lot longer than that. Again, if we're looking at the hiatus, not since March, so we're talking just over a year now that he hasn't played any organized basketball. Now, he's been training in Miami. Uh, Stanley Remy, a local trainer who organizes runs all over and helped get Jimmy Butler back into shape uh, and, and work with him during the short offseason. He's worked with him in the past. He's uh, He's been hosting these runs uh, at his facility called the Miami Perimeter, and Ariza has been there along with other NBA-type players or guys that are still looking for their shot at the, at the league. Uh, I want to say, well, off the top of my head, I can't recall any. Oh, I, I know Amara Stoudemire has been out there. Greg Monroe's been out there. Guys like that. I think Malik, uh, Michael Beasley has been out there. So guys that are with NBA experience looking to stay sharp while they're in Miami because Miami's a great city to hang out if you're a young millionaire. And you're looking for an opportunity to impress and get some work in, and you do it with Stanley Remy. He's one of the best. Um, as far as his overall talent is concerned, he's viewed as a versatile defender who can switch on multiple positions. He can stretch the floor. He shot 40% from three-point range at about four attempts per game when he was with the Blazers. So 
He kind of fits exactly what you're looking for in terms of recreating what Jay Crowder was able to give you. Is he a little bit better at putting the ball down? Yes. Uh, he's a little taller, maybe not as stout a defender, but a little bit more switchable. Physically, he kind of reminds me a lot of what Okpala does. Long-limbed, seems like he's in great shape, and uh, I, I think he would be a good option for this team. But it all depends on a couple of things. Like, What do you give up in order to acquire Trevor Ariza? Because it seems like a trade is being discussed. Is it a second-round pick and some bad salary? Maybe Mo Harkless, who didn't quite work out here. Maybe Myers Leonard, if you want to jettison him to Oklahoma City. And the hope is that the, probably the Thunder will find a way to waive him. I, I think that's, well, not maybe not the hope, but that's the expectation is that the Thunder would acquire his salary, knowing that it is a basically a team option for the next season. They wouldn't have to pay him anything, and they could just weigh him outright and eat what's left of his salary this season. You know... I, it's so hard to kind of make anything of this. I saw some concerns about, you know, reasons not particularly good. He's 35. He hasn't played in a year. That helps, and it also hurts because you're rusty. You haven't been playing. We saw from Iguodala, who was in phenomenal shape when he joined Miami, but it took him some time to kind of get his sea legs. He talked about it frequently. He didn't look like, certainly not like the player we saw in Golden State during their title runs, but he, not even the player that Miami got during the bubble. And that's what it took. It took, when he was first acquired in mid-March of the trade deadline, he had to step up really quickly. And yes, he's a proven veteran. He knows how to fit into a scheme and do all the little things that helped him have this long career. But it's also a way of fitting alongside Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and understanding what they bring to the table. For a reason, he's going to have to make that same adjustment if he does get acquired by Miami. If he's able to have more and more work done, he's going to have to put in a lot of work just to get to that point that Iguodala was able to, partly because of the extended hiatus. He was able to come in, get a lot of work, figure it out. They had the the slow ramp up towards the bubble, and I think it really helped Iguodala. Ariza won't have that same luxury, so he's going to have to come in there and be able to adjust much more quickly if he's going to be a factor for this team moving forward. It, there's no real risk here. If you're not giving up any player of note and you're not giving up anything substantial, a second-round pick to Miami does not mean as much as it did in the past. I feel like they have such a proven track record of getting guys like Gabe Vincent and Chris Silva and Duncan Robinson, et cetera, et cetera, Kendrick Nunn. They can just find a way to develop these players because they're so proven as a developmental system. And that was that's the argument that I've been making regarding the acquisition of Ariza is that they're going to bet on themselves to get him to that point where he can wind up being that versatile stretch big that they're looking for. Is this their only move? No. Is this the biggest move they'll make? I don't think that they're going to make any other trades. I don't see it. Now, even as I'm saying this, Victor Oladipo had a monster night in Houston after everybody kind of wrote him off and said, oh, he looks like he's forcing his way out, that he doesn't want to be there. Well, he responded with a pretty big game. He looked phenomenal for the Rockets, at least for one night. And I think that's just where you're going to get with him. But why do you trade for a player in Oladipo who's going to be available in a couple months anyway as a free agent? And that's when Miami can certainly swoop him up and bring him to the, to the table and add him to this roster and have them go to another level. That's... That might be the next best plan. You continue to shore up with other players. If LaMarcus Aldridge is bought out, you can bring him in as another stretch big, another experienced veteran presence. It could work. It could work. That could be just enough. Is it the huge move? Is it the big move that puts Miami 
at the same level as a Brooklyn or Philadelphia? I don't know. I don't think this team is built like that, and you can't be built like that. Your your second best player, an all-star in Bam Adebayo, isn't that kind of player. He's great defensively. He's very, very good at creating shots for others. He's never going to be that uh, aggressive scorer. He's just going to do everything well. And you still have a player in Jimmy Butler who can take over games. He held his own against LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I think he could do the same thing against Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant, or James Harden. That's just how much faith I've come to have on Jimmy Butler and his ability to outperform even his high expectations. Miami still has a chance against any team as long as they continue to tinker around the edges and make minor improvements here and there. But as always, if there's a trade, I'll report it as quickly as I can. And you can always reach me via email at LockedOnHeat at gmail.com or via Twitter. Use the hashtag AskLLHeat. Be sure to please subscribe to the show and leave a review. I'm David Ramil signing off and thanking you as always for your support.